All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You got to get to those hard to reach places. You do, you know, you do. Debo was feeling it. <laughs> he he was. was, and you know, Elvis won the sauce, the Tovey sauce challenge. Yeah, he did. And um, you know, he's he lighting kept, it up. He kept asking me, like, you know, what do I get? I'm like, well, someone else might have won something better, but you're gonna get the six count uh, number three at Chick Fil A. <laughs> <laughs> something you have of every course, day, but that's yeah. what you're getting. But you he was happy it. with it. So, oh yeah. Uh, but it was a lot of fun, man. It, it really was a beautiful day. Met some. Uh, new friends that came over and said hello, and uh, Neil Little showed up. Yeah, Lids, man. 
good to see him and his baller disappeared. Energy. He missed uh, when the only thing it was bad about baller disappearing was uh, you know he missed Sid and, and Jeff Carter coming over taking a couple shots <laughs> with us right off the bus in their suits. But uh, you know maybe somebody got it on film. We'll try. <laughs> yeah, to, we'll, we'll yeah. try to track that down for you. <laughs> it's got to be appreciate somewhere. it, guys. <laughs> There's got to be some footage somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. Somebody's got it. Someone had it for Yeah, him. yeah. Maybe, maybe Paul Garfold, uh got it for us. Yeah. Know, but, but, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. yeah. Again, nice smoking hot day. I actually expected to see a little, little more action in the parking lots, considering it was such a nice day. But, uh, however, the, I mean, the Flyers aren't exactly a, um, rocking and rolling, and there's no playoff push here, so I understand. They uh, rock and rolled that day, though. Yeah, they did. You're right. They actually played well. Yeah. They actually played well that day. But you're right. Yeah, I think that had something to do with it. Definitely, but uh, you know, down to one game, one game to go. So maybe it's a relief for for Flyer fans for this year and putting a period on the end of the season. Yeah, and then uh, it's been retooling. It's been a long one. It's been a long one. <laughs> it's been, it's a, been long a long season. one. I feel like we said the same thing over and over and over again. For almost two seasons. Yeah, two seasons <laughs> in a row. Yeah. Now, so it's going to get better, though. We know yeah. that. Yeah, but um, all right, Nas. With the playoffs approaching, we're going to be firing up our playoff bracket challenge again yes so we'll be throwing in our our picks and a chance to win a nasty knuckles signed jersey yes so stay tuned we'll be throwing up the links on our social media to enter should be fun yeah destroyed last year but uh <laughs> try again this year it's gonna be interesting the playoffs this year yeah, so no it'll doubt. be fun to see the the brackets but uh i think we're ready to rock episode 72 nast in the books Appreciate Lou hopping on. Yep. This episode was presented to you by our good friends at Cureleaf, cureleaf.com, a medical marijuana dispensary, Pennsylvania. Check them out. Knowledgeable, helpful staff for all your pain, anxiety, and just maintenance needs. Check them out at cureleaf.com. Episode 72. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome back. I'm Riley Cote. And I'm Derek Suttlemeyer. And this week, we have an absolute legend in Philadelphia. 50 years as the Philadelphia Flyers public address announcer. And much more than that, Mr. Lou Nolan. Lou, for the second time today, <laughs> welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be welcomed more than one time, actually. <laughs> yes. uh, I, uh, it's great to be here and be on with you two guys, two of my favorite people. Uh, and... Uh, you know, tell a few stories yes. uh, and, um, you know, uh, talk about things and how I managed to get to 50 and, you know, all I wanted to do was have a second game, as, as you well know. So um, it worked in the third, the fourth, and then a fifth year, sixth year. So it worked out, worked out. I'm, yes. I'm pleased, it's punched to be here. Yeah. Thank, thank you for your time, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Yeah, we appreciate you coming by and quite the feat, 50 years in any business, uh, is uh, quite an accomplishment. So props to you for, yes. for sticking with it and, and staying close to your passion and being a presence in, in the city of Philadelphia. Well, yeah. I, um, as you well know as a player and, and you as uh, somebody in the, in the staff that makes sure everybody's got what they need, uh, there are days when you don't want to go. Yeah, sure. You know, and you say, oh, man, I feel like shit. But you still go, and, and you're a professional, so... It's important that, that you um, get there and do the best job you can. With me, it's just uh, I, all I ever wanted to do was to uh, um, treat the players right, make sure that uh, I didn't mispronounce their names, 
and uh, um, tell the fans what happened. Uh, many of them could see. Uh, many of them realized that the, they're two assists behind because they're watching the puck. Uh, but uh, that's all I really wanted to do. And uh, so far, so good. Yeah, very good, I would say. Yeah, I would say so, too. <laughs> Uh, pretty impressive. Uh, talk about how it all began. I know you think you worked in the uh, the press box at one point and then eventually found your way down. Yeah, I did. Uh, uh, it, it goes back to uh, a love of the game created by uh, uh, me being a rink rat uh, back in the minor league days when there was a team up at 46th and Marcus Street in Philly called the Ramblers. Uh, I was a grade school kid and a classmate of mine, his uncle was the uh, – was a minor official, off-ace official. He was the first timekeeper for the Flyers, by the way. Oh, wow. His name was George Lennon, the young guy and the uncle. And uh, we went up there Friday nights, and he went to work, and we just ran around the place and then skated afterward and took the sticks that were broken home and taped them up and went out and played street hockey. And then I realized that there was hockey on television. I don't know what day it was on, but once a week with the original six teams. And... Um, so I watched them, and I, I learned a little bit about it, enough to make myself dangerous. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Then I used to go to Margate in, uh, in the summers with guys uh, and uh, girls, and we'd run around and go dancing and do all the good things that we all love to do. You're a dancer. I know uh, met, a, <laughs> met a guy named Joe Cadillac, who was the first PR director who worked for the Daily News and got the job. And, um, you know, I said, hey, if you need anybody to help you, I'll help you, you know. We were out having a cocktail. Said, "Yeah, I'll help you." So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. He says, "Come to a cocktail party." And next thing you know, I'm running the press box and handing out stats to guys and developing forms uh, because the original six guys, the writers there, were smarter than the PR departments uh, with the game and been around so long. Uh, they didn't need forms; they saw it all. And our guys, we just tried to portion the, the information out to as many people as we could for the publicity uh, in the early years of the team, you know, and it went from small crowds to medium crowds to uh, sellouts for a long time. And I really attribute a lot of that to what we developed in there. So I did that for five years. The announcer left to go with the World Hockey Association team that was here in Philly, the Blazers. And uh, I think Bernie played with that team. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, uh, they moved to Vancouver Bernie went to Miami or Toronto or somewhere. And um, next thing you know, uh, um, I'm down doing the announcing there. You know, I, uh, Lou Scheinfeld, who was n number two guy for Ed Snyder, he said, come on in and do an audition. Well, they were putting a third level on the spectrum, hanging it from the side, cantilever kind of deal. And, um, you know, we, uh, uh, I asked the guys to turn the crane down. They had the crane going, you know, <laughs> and they're lifting pieces of things up. And I just said, excuse me, guys, you know, I have a an important audition here. Would you mind turning the crane off? Ying -a -ding -a -ding -a -ding -a -ding. So they did. They turned the crane off. And uh, I was always thankful of that. And um, Scheinfeld said, well, you got it. You know, you got the job. So season started. And, um, you know, I remember the first game I did, I got hit with a bucket of pucks, kept the Pucks and ice. Now we got freezers. Right. Yeah, right. right. Hey, they got to be a certain temperature. That's oh, right. Of course. And everything's yeah. different. But there it was like throw the pucks in, throw ice in, and whatever happened, happened. Seemed to be good enough then. I don't know why it's not good yeah. enough yeah. now. <laughs> in any event, um, uh, 
So I'm glad that uh, it happened. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I think the guy that threw them was Dennis O'Brien, played with Minnesota, and uh, Bob Kelly was the guy he was mad at. <laughs> oh, of course. Why. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Right? <laughs> maybe. I think it was Kelly. I'm not sure exactly, but uh, you know we uh, we had a good time there, and one year became two, and five, and ten, and you know next thing I know, it's I'm looking at fifty, and the team's saying we're going to have a night for you. I said, whoa. Then they. Then the guys wore jerseys with my number 50 on the back of my name on them for yeah, warm-up. I know. Said, Super cool. That was awesome. I presented one to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, a nice authentic tie-down and everything else. Yeah. yeah. It was beautiful. It's great. So um, that uh, it was an honor. It's It's been a great ride, and I'm still enjoying it, and I intend oh, to man. do it as long as I can before they call me in and say, hey, you got to make a change. Yeah. Which is inevitable. Right. Unless I screw up, I'll know. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll know. Yeah, super impressive. And then I'd read somewhere that uh, you had a fear of speaking. Uh, when did you find your voice, not just, you know, speaking, but like actually having the confidence come out of your shell and put yourself out there? Well, I'll tell you, uh, when I was a freshman in high school, West Catholic, uh, I was uh, scared of public speaking. And uh, it became my turn. You know, you sit there and they call the guys up one by one to read what they got or to make mm. a presentation. And, you say, and if it's your turn, you say, maybe they won't know I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And he called on me and I went up there and, you know, like I just stood there and all the guys were quiet and everything was quiet. Yeah. And he finally said, okay, sit down. And I just clammed up. I couldn't do it. Uh, and um, I think that experience, I pulled on that experience and uh, said, well, you know, I, I have to do this. It's going to have to happen. I didn't have any idea that, uh, you know, what was going to happen with, uh, with, with the flyers but um you know you just try a little thing here and a little thing there and failure is important to, sure. to move ahead uh in any in anything that you do and in any profession uh fear of failure is what will kill you yeah no uh, so you fail and, and you know, try it again and it worked pretty well you know through through high school and then at st joe's uh, and i was able to do things and uh you know with the flyers it's uh I remember the first time I did a center ice thing, I was like shaking. Yeah, oh, man. I but I prepared. I had everything written down, you know, ready to go. And uh, now I feel good about it, you know? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can tell. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you're unbelievable at it. My, my favorite thing at center ice, I think, I was talking about it the other night, and I saw Hexy, and uh, he was in with Pittsburgh, and we were having a chat. And uh, when he was put into the Hall of Fame, uh, I arranged, he had given me a stick. I arranged to bring the stick in, put it on top of one of the goals, and then bring that goal up near the end of the ceremony. And then I said, one last time, you know, let's hear what you do, ring the posts. Yeah. And you know what he used to do every yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Because the sticks all had the, the, the paint on the, on the yeah, shafts. that's right. And uh, he looked at me and he said, yeah, I'd love to. And he got in there, boppity, 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 bing, 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 <laughs> you know, and we put it up there and uh, – I still have the stick to this day, and it, it's a great remembrance. Oh, it's awesome. You know, he said, that was terrific. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't expect to do that. I said, well, hey, you're the man. You're the man. Yeah, so, for sure. That I, was a good one. That, that, that was one of my favorite things when I was a kid, you know, about him when I first saw him. Uh, I was scared to death of him. And I, oh, I've said yeah. That story you and many others. Yeah, yeah right. Like, I, you know, I'd watched everything, so I, you know, I'd come visit my dad, who was the trainer at the time, and, and I would come up a few times a year, and... uh I just remember saying to my dad, it was a game day. He's like, I really want to meet 
uh, Hexy, you know, and he goes, oh, it's a Not game today. day. Yeah. Let's wait till after, and you can, you know, and, and of course he was awesome after the game, Hexy. But man, then when I came and we, my first year with the Flyers was the shortened season of ninety four ninety five, and we made a trade, Soderstrom to New York Islanders for Hexy, and he came in and. When I saw his pregame and the way he was, I'm like, it's a good thing my dad kept me awake. Yeah, I would right, have been yeah. petrified. I've never seen a more intense individual in my life yeah. before a high and during a hockey game. Um, he burned more calories in the locker room. Oh, my God. Anxiety. Nails, yeah, right. everything, man. I'm like, how can you even focus on what you're doing, Matt? Yeah, I guess uh, every everybody has their, their routines to do. Right. And uh, as, as I do, too, because I have to get ready. Uh but uh, it's not near as serious as a player. I remember once talking about goalies. We were at the All-Star Game in Chicago, my wife Ellen and I, and with Cadillacs. And the uh, story goes like this. We're in the hotel, and uh, we're going to take the NHL bus to the game. And um, in the – Peter Jennings, you may know that name. He was a newsman. Sure. Uh, a great newsman. He's in the lobby there. He's a Canadian. I mean, national news with NBC, I guess. And I went up and introduced myself to him. He's looking at the map. I said, you going to the game? He says, oh, yeah, we're going to the game. I said, what, are you, are you planning on taking the subway? You're looking at the subway? He says, yeah, we'll take the subway. I said, no, no, no. Come with us. We got a bus. He says, okay. So I said, meet me here at such a time. So all, all these executives, Snyder's in the first seat, and all these guys are there. And I come on the, on the bus, and I've got Peter Jennings with me in my back pocket. Wow. And, and he comes on, and Ed looks up, and he, it's Peter Jennings. He said, yeah, Lou invited me on the bus here. That's okay, right? He says, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we sure. went to the game, but to go a little farther with it, we stopped the bus. Joe says, stop here. We'll go in the side door. It's terrible up there. Snowstorm, just brutal. And my wife had a fur coat, as did a lot of the people, the women. And Joe arranged to have them left in the, in the uh, boiler room with this guy he knew, this little French guy. Joe Cadillac, Joe Cadillac. You know, you know what it was like. Who doesn't know Joe Cadillac? Yeah, right. So we left our coats there. My wife said, is the coat safe here? I said, oh, yeah, no problem. Anyway, so we leave, and we're at the side door. Now, in all-star games, you know, the guys sit around. They sit yeah. around, and so they're all in the hallway. They're dressed. They're sitting around, and we're walking over, guys, to get to where we need to be. And at the very end is Eddie Balfour, oh. and he's sitting in a chair. Now, he knows he's going to get bombed. <laughs> and he's sitting there, and he's going like, he's <laughs> <laughs> not paying attention to anybody, right? You know, uh, and and I I just think that the routines that you mentioned, right? Uh, that's that's really one that I'll never forget. Wow, great yeah. game. <laughs> Riles's routine was he was there really early. Yeah, I couldn't even get a little nap in in the afternoon, and then <laughs> about eight cups of black coffee. At least, at least eight cups of black coffee. Is that right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. ten suit of head. Now you have a Red Bull, right? Suit oh yeah, mixing yeah. any any stimulant he could find oh. there. Pacing <laughs> up and down the hallway. I think the only the only guy more intense than me, especially when Lavi came in, was Lavi. Peter Laviolette. Yeah. I mean, he was pacing he up and down. He matched you on the coffee. Yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> and everything, right. and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Oh. yeah. A little different. Great stuff, you know. Yeah. Things that come to you in stories. And, yeah. Uh, just great. Yeah, I know for sure. We'll talk about, um, you know, your one of the classiest guys that you had to deal with in the penalty box and maybe one of the, the least classiest guys. I know you've had a ton of dialogue with not just players but refs as well. Yeah, well, um, okay, the least would be a uh, – 
a young kid that played with Jersey Devils uh, preseason, I think, because he wasn't very good. <laughs> they were looking at him. I mean, he was High he number. was huge. Start, just start shit again. Here. <laughs> Blonde hair, and his name uh, C A L E something, the Swedish type thing. So I figure he's Kali, right? So uh, he, I called a penalty against the box. I said something uh, like Kali Sandstrom or something of that nature, and he says, "Hey, asshole, it's <laughs> Kale." I said, "Oh." So I said, "You know, you you really need to have more respect for us." You shouldn't be doing this, you know. This is preseason and so forth. And he yells at the timer. He says, uh, Joe says, yeah, you should. And he says, ah, shut up, Baldy. You know, uh, <laughs> oh, so wow. now I'm pissed. <laughs> he's, he's shaking a man. Then Eric, <laughs> Eric Lindros comes in and bangs on the glass right in front of me, the plexi, and it goes powder white and just falls into these little itty-bitty pieces like they do. And uh, we all get out of the penalty box, including the guy who has the penalty. And they're coming in to clean it up and uh, hold the game up. And Don Koharski's the ref, and he's standing and right outside the crease and with this kid. So I come out, and I said, uh, I said, by the way, I said, you know, you should have more respect, you know, for for us here in the box. We've been here a lot of years, and, uh, you know, there's careers here. And he said, I never said anything. I never said anything. I said, you are one liar. You're a lying son of a bitch, you know. <laughs> and Koharski says to me, he says, Louie, says, get the hell out of here. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm having a difficult time enough with this today. Especially I don't need you to right? get in the way. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, the preseason, uh, right? Because everybody's oh, fighting. Nothing. Yeah, everybody, everybody's trying to establish something yeah. for themselves. Right. So, uh, yeah, there was a parade in the box. Uh, parade in the box. <laughs> Two or three guys many times each period. So This guy uh, came to visit you quite a bit. Yes. Over the few years. A couple <laughs> little visits. <laughs> couple Riles visits. did some business there. He was always, <laughs> was always very good in the box. He didn't ask for coffee. No. <laughs> no, 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 But uh, yeah, he was, he was a visitor many, many times. And uh, one of the good guys, uh, which is obvious, you know. And um, uh, a guy that, uh, you know, had a, a, a long time as a, as a player probably coming up through the ranks. Are uh, you Canadian? I am, yeah. Okay, so when did you start playing? Uh, I was four years old. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So four years, and, and you make it to the NHL, which is always a goal, you know, to play in the NHL. And, um, you know, I'm, the teams then, you know, it was different hockey. Oh, sure. Different hockey than what we're seeing here. Um, and um, the bullies, you know, we talk about the bullies. Uh, and uh, it was it was post bullies, of course, because you're a young guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, there was a heritage there for the Flyers that people expected us to take care of our own. And uh, now you wonder about that sometimes. Yeah. You know, guys get hit, but uh, you need somebody that would do that, and you did that. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah, he, he did. You said guys used to have said this before. Guys used to make fun of me because when he get in tilts, he was undersized for the guys he was fighting, heavyweight. Uh, caliber guys and, and uh, held his own for three years there. But yep. I used to be bobbing and weaving as he's fighting. And I, <laughs> yeah. Harry Bricker used to be like, "You all right? You, you, you okay?" I'm like, "I don't know. I'm just I'm bobbing for him." You know, <laughs> like he goes, "He'd say uh, he knows what he's doing. Don't worry about it." Trying to avoid the punches for yeah, him. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Nas. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to. He did it. I wrong. didn't want to catch one of them. <laughs> did you see, no, did you see me trying to avoid any punches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. I was putting my chin out there. Uh, that would be a really bad idea to catch one of those. Yeah, especially yeah, especially me. But uh, back to what you were saying. So this Cali guy, that's what we're calling him, even though he said Cali. Oh, I said 
call up Callie for yeah. the rest of that game because I think his career ended that day. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, but uh, the classiest guy. Oh, yeah. The classiest guy would be Steve Eiserman. Uh, who, not uh, surprised, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, two sides to, to that, um, two instances. Um, I worked with that glass back in those days. Oh, yeah. We didn't know any better, you know. We get hit once in a while with sticks and pucks and people that come in. <laughs> and, and hip checks. Remember those, don't you? Hip yeah, checks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so uh, Steve got a penalty once after he had talked to me several times and got to know him a bit. And uh, about assists for guys and changing this or making this different. And um, I said, gee, if you chip a stick today, you know, he used one of those Louisville yeah. uh, scorer stick. Yeah. Right, rounded on the edges and just a beautiful stick. And I said, if you chip one, save it for me. He said, sure, no problem. Anyway, he's got the hat trick now. And they're kicking our <laughs> Thanks ass. Thanks to you. Thanks yeah. to you. Getting yeah, he's up. right. <laughs> and um, sure enough, uh, I call him his first star. He skates all the way across the ice, hands me the stick, and says, see me after, I'll sign it. That's awesome. Said, oh, boy, what a great thing to do. Classy guy. And um, after that, uh, at an all-star game, uh, my family was with me for the festivities in a large room. Uh, you know, the players were all there, and they weren't being chased around by, by uh, young kids for autographs and things like that. They could just be themselves, and Steve just sat with us for – 15 minutes and just got to know everybody, my wife and kids. And, you know, it was just a, he's, a, he's like that now too. He's right. just got it. He's got it. Yeah. He does. And, um, I took off, oh, let me add to the story. I took the stick in when he was with Tampa. He, I knew he'd be traveling because he had done it in pen. And I said, we got to get this in Sharpies. Oh yeah. You know, oh yeah. Done. Yeah. Yeah. So I brought it into the room where they change opposite where they would put their equipment on. And where they're taking the suits off and stuff. And Steve's in there on a computer with a couple other guys. And as soon as I walk in with the stick, he says, hey, Lou, how are you? I said, good, Steve. I said, I brought that stick. Now the guys are saying, what the hell is that stick? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. You know? yeah. How many years later that yeah. was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I, I, I do think that there was used a composite sticks then. Yeah. So the guys didn't even, maybe they used wooden sticks growing up and they were almost square, you know, yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, rectangular. And uh, the edges, they would sand the edges down a little right. bit, a lot of guys. But these came mm -hmm. for him, you know, ready yeah. to go. So everybody took a, took a chance holding and said, how the hell did you ever play with this stick? He said, I don't know. He did pretty so good. That's what I like. Yeah, not <laughs> not bad. Bad, yeah he right? sure did. He did pretty <laughs> good. Bad. So, uh, yeah, he was, he was the classiest guy. And, you know, a lot of guys are great. Yeah. You know, I love the fighters. They're great guys, uh, you know. Uh, Zach Ronaldo is one of the classiest yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah, I love uh, Reno. He'll go in there, and, and as, as you've mentioned to me, a lot of times he's hitting guys with good checks. And in these days and times, they're calling them penalties. Yeah. Just hit, because he's tougher. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he'd come in the box, and he'd be sitting there, hey, guys, how you doing? Good, you know, what's going on? He said, anybody got any chocolate? <laughs> yeah. He always wanted M&Ms and stuff like that. Yeah. So the guys brought them in a cup from, the, you know, brought them up from the press area, and they – have them and they'd pass them a cup over and he'd eat <laughs> M&M's out of the coffee cup. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Energy, I guess. Get energy, a little sugar. Right? Yeah, 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 a little yeah. sugar. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. You got to recover so, from the fight. Yeah, yeah, and I forget where it was that I ran into him, but uh, still a guy that's really sharp guy. Just yes. a great guy. Yeah. Yes. Terrific. Yeah, he just oozes orange and black. Eh? He just yeah. fit right into the Flyers' culture right big in. time. Absolutely. Absolutely. He sure did. Yeah. Might have been an alumni game. Uh, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, he was 
I, I, he was good as usual. Yeah. Lou, I think we've probably told this before, but really quickly on Zach. So when he came to his first dev camp, development camp, um, Riley was still playing. And uh, we were standing out by the glass. And this is when they used to let him scrimmage five on five. And he's basically the reason why they stopped doing that. <laughs> yeah, um, right. <laughs> he literally he knew one way to play. Yeah, oh yeah. And and you know he was there to make a statement. Oh he yeah. Even said that to us when we had him on the show. He he hit three guys and took them out of the game. And I mean, hit them like clean. Yeah. But there were three guys laying on the ice. His first four or five shifts, and the last guy he hit one of the other kids on the team is D- David Laliberto. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Lally. In the finals for us, Lally. Great guy, not a fighter, but he jumped in because Zach absolutely decapitated someone. And when Zach took two punches, oh, and the yeah. poor Lally's laying on the ice. Now he's, <laughs> he's he's laid four guys out in about five shifts, but he hurt his wrist a little bit, so they take him off. So Riley and I go back, and we're sitting in my office at the skate zone, and. He peeks his head around the corner and he goes, "Hey, Cote, that was for you, man." Like that. Yeah, yeah. Was super cool. He was right in front of us, the yeah, skate zone there. Right, I mean, it was right where we were standing, and, and uh, he because he loved. He looked up to Riley, and it was it was just kind of cool that he said, "Hey, Cote, sure. it was for you, man." Oh man, great guy, great, yeah, guy. Yeah. great, great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, still absolutely. have a good relationship with him. I coach yeah. him actually with the Phantoms, and you know, still keep in touch with him. But he's yeah. you know heart and soul, just you know, true flyer. All, yeah, true fly, yes, true, true flyer for sure, 100%. no doubt. Yep. Speaking about like you know true flyer and, and the culture of flyers, to talk talk about how the culture has evolved over time, especially since the passing of Ed Snyder and the culture of the flyers now. Okay, well let's start at the beginning because I I saw all the years. Right, I'm an original flyer, so I I saw the team struggle early. Uh, they drafted guys that were made available. Uh, we had a couple of good goalies. But there were other guys that were a little long in the tooth. Hmm. And uh, we managed to finish first with a losing record of like one or two games. So we're in the playoffs. And, you know, that got young guys and then uh, drafted Bob. And um, that helped, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it uh, began to move. And then, uh, you know, uh, Ed Snyder made sure that we had guys that would defend our good players. Right, and and um, then the the bullies came, and you know Moose and and uh, Seleski and Bobby Kelly and and Dave Schultz and people like that, and uh, that was an, another era, you know, and two Stanley Cups, right. almost a third. Yeah, a couple right. guys got hurt, and uh, you know there was an offside call. Yeah, by one of our favorite guys. Yeah, yeah. good guy Leon Stickle. Right, but he just saw something different, and he admits it than it really yeah. was. That was way off. <laughs> yeah, it was it not was, just a, it was not it close. Was close. Yeah. It was way off. It was off. not close. Uh, and uh, you know, then we had the uh, uh, the year when era when uh, Howie and those guys played, and um, he's being honored by the sports writers this Monday, I think, at the oh, dinner. Okay. And um, next time around, you know, I mean, they they were good. Timmy Kerr, yeah, Poolin, oh, yeah. uh, went all the way uh, except for uh, the last game. Uh, in Edmonton, I guess, when uh, um, Timmy Kerr and Pooley didn't play right. and were hurt. And uh, we, I don't know what the score was in that, but a loss is a loss. Then uh, then you go fast forward to, you know, uh, some successes and uh, some teams that were pretty good. Uh, team in Chicago against Chicago that yeah. almost did it. And we still have a goalie looking for that shot. 
Uh, and uh, it's just, I mean, it happens. Right, it, it happens. Does. You know, it's yeah. a shame. And and the referees didn't even know it went in, but I knew it went in. Yeah. When, um, you know, their player's going up the ice, throwing his gloves yeah, and throwing right. his sticks. Thanks and, a lot, Kaner. Yep, Kaner that's yeah. right, Kane. And, uh, you know, now we go to this team and you start out strong. Uh, but I guess it was maybe six years. We just had six years ago, let me say that, that Ed passed. And things have changed. You know, you got different people running the team. Uh, their passion for the game would never match Ed simply because it was his baby. Right. It was his baby, and it was tough. And uh, I know that when Briz came in, Briz Galoff, uh, that um, he was uh, Homer was told, go get the best goalie out there. Right. Bring him in. And he was the best at that time, except he was crazy. <laughs> I mean, he was a little he bit is. nuts. <laughs> yeah, right. continues to be a little nuts. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, you buy him out, and he's we're still paying him. I think. Yeah. Uh, God bless his soul. But uh, you know, and 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 so a little different thing. Instead of Ed being at the head, you know, it goes to uh, Dave Scott, who's doing the best he can, and uh, the. The GM, and you know, you run into injuries and you get labeled one way or another, and you try and put a team together. One of the big things in there that came in that I guess might be a detriment to really doing things the way Ed did was salary cap. Right. When the salary cap showed up, uh, you couldn't just go out and, and buy people. Yeah. Right. You know, like baseball does now. Yeah. Uh, and you couldn't get better overnight without any worry about the economics of the game, which you have to now. So uh, that would be, I guess, the biggest change in the game. Not to mention that uh, uh, referees are taught the call, uh, you know, anytime there's a stick up high hooking. You know, some of this right. stuff's ridiculous. Yeah. It's not yeah. what it is. Right. And, um, you know, uh, I mean, granted, when you hook the guy back in those days, yeah. you were skiing, yeah. Yeah, you were skiing on him, on him yeah. That's you know, right. back, back in the day. That's right. And so uh, it's a lot different now. And uh, the players adjust to it, and they play differently. Uh, there's no, no, no the amount of roughness. I mean, <coughs> I think um, Merle Reese uh, and um, Mike Quick do a thing where they call something the Matt Slap Plap of the game. It's, it's when a, a big hit is made. Yeah. So whenever we see a hit, which we don't see a lot of them these days, I'm on the headset and I'm saying, oh, that's the Matt Slap clap <laughs> of the game. Yeah. Right. And we get a big laugh out of it. Yeah. Some games there'll be more if somebody gets excited. But the, the, the roughness is different. Right. And sure. uh, there's not a whole lot of body work. Now, starting now, there will be. Yes. There'll be a lot more. I was going to say it's. And it changes. Yeah. yeah. So some of those big defensemen that maybe don't hit as much will begin to. Especially guys like from Tampa. Yes. Right. They'll start taking yes. guys out. And um, uh, Florida's got some pretty good people, too. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. Who does Toronto play in the first round? Do you know? Baller. We'll figure it out. But in any event, I think that, uh, you know, uh, Toronto's going to get a lot of goals. I mean, oh, talk yeah. about this guy. He's got 60 now, right? Um, Austin Matthews. Uh, Austin Matthews. And Marner feeds him the puck, and, and he just is in the right place. And he has a lot of confidence. And, um, and he could shoot. They're going to oh, play yeah. Tampa, that's who it is. Tampa and Toronto? Yeah. I think that's the one I want to watch. Oof. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. And I, hope, serious, serious. I hope that Florida is on a different night. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. Right. Right. yeah, it's a good point. Because if you got to decide between two games, you know, I'm going to root for Florida all the way, but I think Toronto and Tampa will also be very good. Yeah, yes, and then Colorado. Oh yeah, yeah West. I, know. I mean, Lord. I'm I'm always pulling for I'm pulling for the Blues because the Chief, you know, is oh, one yeah. of my best buddies. But it's I was talking to him a couple of days ago, and it's actually funny. Uh, Jimmy Montgomery, uh, no, very funny, well, yeah, uh, uh, assistant coach there, FaceTimes me, and he goes. He's got all the coaching staff and the trainers in the coach's room in St. Louis. And he goes, start giving me some chief impressions. So he's got the phone on me, and they're all <laughs> sitting there, and I'm doing you know, some of the chief's things, and they're just dying. But I told him, I'm like, being on the West, I mean, it's, that's just – it's tough over there. I and you talk it. about the the rough stuff the other night with the Calgary game. Oh, yeah. And that got – that was old old school, not like bullies, but, but, but a hard fought you know, hitting, fighting, everything. And that's what – you don't ever see anyone sitting down, do you, Lou, when, when, when there's a tilt you know, in, in games like that? There's not usually no. many people Everyone's sitting down. Everyone's quiet sitting down. Yeah. Nope, nope, that's for sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, many, many people will wait to watch hockey, ice hockey, till now. now. Exactly. Uh, I'm not like that because I have a stake in it, obviously. Right. And, um, you know, you want to watch it. And, uh, you know, there are times when it's tough to watch – the yeah. current team, yeah. uh, but uh, that'll change. That'll right. change, and the young guys. It's a young man's game. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we've got young guys, and uh, they get along for the most part, I believe. Uh, there's never everybody getting along with everybody. You guys know. I mean, there's there's always it, it's difficult when you get twenty guys or twenty three guys or twenty five to agree and and get tight on everything uh, for a full year. Uh, it probably happened with the bullies, except for Clarky when he used to take guys into the woodshed and tell, you know, come on, get this freaking going. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. yeah, yeah. Um, he was that kind of a captain, a great captain. Yeah. But uh, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, it's going to yeah. be something. Yeah. It'll be interesting. For sure. I was just going to say, like, kind of going back to the culture of the Flyers, do you feel that the essence of the Flyers has been lost i mean i understand that it's no longer the broad street bullies and the nhl itself has evolved hockey itself has evolved but like the just the essence of the flyers now do you feel like there's an ingredient missing that that exudes what flyer fans are used to uh perhaps perhaps there is what the key to it would be to me is find a real talented player who's tough mm. really tough and is not afraid to uh you know take a penalty now and then. Um, when Lindros was here, I think that they actually tried to keep him out of the penalty box. Yeah. You know, he fought a couple guys early on and just cleaned up. Yeah. And then when they didn't want him to fight, uh, the guys took advantage of him, you know, and that one Russian defenseman lowered the boom on him from the Islanders, and that yeah. started it all. Um, but uh, uh, I think a, a big, tough player would be great to have. But, I mean... Because of the, the, the way hockey is now, I'm not sure they're, they're being tough as they go through junior. You guys would know more than I. Uh, yeah. You have better hockey minds than me. But uh, you know, what I'm trying to say is where are the big kids who are good and tough and not afraid to take a penalty and defend the other people? So right. maybe my answer is you know, a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's changed a little bit. For sure. And yeah. uh, going forward, I don't know. I've seen many fans who, who want the old stuff back. Uh, but um, the NHL doesn't want the old stuff back. No, no they, don't. they don't. No, But I look at, like, you know, like 
like St. Louis, for example, you mean Chief, right? I mean, right. He, he goes into St. Louis and he, he turns that team around. And it was it was not because he told these guys to go fight. It was just the way they played the game. It was like that that energy of being relentless and getting on pucks and skating and and just being hard team to play against. They bang, just, they they bang, bang and just like yeah. they just play hard, right? And it's not about fighting. And I feel like Flyers have lost that 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 essence of just like just being a hard team to play against. So when you know when you come into the building, oh. you, you're in for a fight, and it's not about the fight itself, but it's like the dog fight of the game. There was a time when and Montreal would come in here and they'd have guys sick. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, guys yeah. that couldn't play. I feel I'm terrible today. I feel <laughs> lousy today. They don't want to play here. Flyers yeah, flu. They didn't yeah, play, um, yeah. Flyers, Flyers flu. That's yeah. exactly right. That's right. And um, you know, um, it's uh, St. Louis is a tough team to play against, uh, and a lot of that goes back to Chief because he, the leader he is yeah. with those guys. Yeah, you know, and how he encourages them. Certain things they do, they're encouraged to do things. Uh, so, um, and, and that's been tough to do here, you know, um, and, uh, the coaching change was made here, uh, and, and do the best they can, but you know, I mean, come on, it's just, you know, they bring in a guy that's got the tremendous pedigree, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, not everybody likes the guy, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, some coaches like to play younger players. Some coaches do not like to play younger players. Yeah. And, um, Remember Patrick Kane? Yeah, yeah, and you know, um, he was uh, he was much better once he left and got a chance to get more ice time. Oh, oh Patrick Sharp, you're talking yeah, about yeah. Sharp, rather, yeah, Sharp, right, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Patrick Sharp, I'm yeah, because Hitch was one of those guys well, that didn't Hitch love didn't Hitch. Like he didn't love young Williams, guys. Justin That's right. Williams, he didn't yeah. want to play Willie. Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, good grief. Yeah. Play the right way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, those guys those, go off and have success elsewhere, oh, you know, and you give up of, on them too early. It's just uh, it's, a, it's a shame that that happens for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, there's no easy answer to that question. No, there's not. No. Uh, and um, it's it, it, teams go through uh, uh, metamorphosis. Yep. Uh, nobody wants to admit that they're going to blow up a team and start over. Right. So it's, uh, you know, yeah, we got the, you know, we got the people here that we think we can do it with once everybody's back and so forth. And you add a couple of people. Well, sometimes you add a couple of people and the injuries come back. And next thing you know, you're winning that 10 in a row. Yeah. Or you're unbeaten in 10. Right. Mm -hmm. However that happens yeah. with these days. But, you know, getting your points and not going through a long streak where the guys get down. Yeah. And you can't seem to get anything right. Yeah. Right. You know, snowballs quickly and a, and a goalie's fighting the puck because inevitably some nights they will fight the puck yes uh you could tell from the beginning how deep they are in the net or whether they're aggressive yeah what, what's the night going to be like yeah that's you know? that's a good point yeah um Lou, you know you just made me think of something uh you're talking going back to the um when the flyers were playing in the in the finals and i, I think uh, it was a game to force game seven when jj daniel scored oh. what i was going to ask you about that moment i've i've watched that video and i just remember my dad saying you know i my dad had never really sell it like i was more hyper like we were talking about earlier like you guys were like had a bit of a fear of speaking everybody's always telling me shut the fuck up because because i talk so damn much but i'm more hype and you know me and lavi used to jump into each other we'd score a goal and it could be a regular season goal and we were just hitting each other but i there's a picture of my dad and he's got both hands up in the air it was when jj scored but he said he thought the roof was coming off that building and i've been asked that question uh when in comparison of buildings right 
In other words, uh, what's the loudest at, at the, the spectrum, loudest in the Wells Fargo Center? And I always said that the loudest in the spectrum wasn't really a cheer. It was a roar that built. Uh, May 19th of 1974, first Stanley Cup. Hmm. And the roar began with about two minutes left. Yeah. And Orr got that penalty. I mean, it was maybe a little longer than two. Bobby got that penalty and, it's, you know, gets down to the last minute. And I'm saying, last minute of playing the third period. Yeah. And you can't even hear yourself. Nobody heard what I said. Wow. My headset's crackling. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And, you, ha- you know, you have goose pimples all over you. Yeah. You know, it's just it's terrible. Even Not terrible. It's great. Yeah. Wish it would happen again. <laughs> and then I equate that to the first game in the Wells Fargo Center when U.S. played. Yes, I was there. I was on the yep, bench for that yep. game. Yeah. And Johnny, I think Johnny had a goal. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a huge roar there. Uh, and then Daniel, uh, his was another one where the roof was going to come off the building because it's like, come on, come on, we need this, we need yeah. this. Boom, you're there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you survived and you had the opportunity to move ahead. And back then, pretty much the same people came over and over and over and over. And you see the same people sitting behind you uh, in the early years of the spectrum. I saw families grow up, kids grow up. They bring me birthday cakes and yeah. stuff like that because the gas <laughs> yeah. was low. So a lot of good stuff happened. And um, nowadays, uh, you know, it's difficult for somebody to uh, sustain a full season's worth of tickets. It's just the way the economics is. Right. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. You know, players make a lot more money. It's harder to do different things. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just the times. It's the time. So um, people might sell off half their season ticket. Yeah. Uh, corporate might own places that they give tickets out. There's a lot different changing there. But um, I think a lot of it ha- will change when this team uh, – gets into the playoffs, uh, the Roars will be back. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, it, it will be much better. And, uh, you know, every time you move up uh, through another series, it gets better and better yeah. and better. Yeah, that's the truth. Um, you know, so that when we played Chicago, I know that, that uh, and we lost that one here, uh, that was, the Roar was there for that too. Yeah. yeah. But not when you get to game seven. And next thing you know, Clarky gets hooked down, yeah, and Orr's in the box. I mean, you go pick a guy to put in the box. Yeah, yeah. make it him. No <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. couldn't have been any better. Send him. Yeah, and um, you know, it, it it just was unbelievable, unbelievable. So, here's the answer to that one. Yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing. You you've seen so much. I mean, it's like we like I said, we need days to to pick your brain and hear all the stories. But uh, but another one we can't we we can't. Uh, not talk about is the Russian game um, with the Broad Street Bullies and, and that whole that whole uh, day. True. Uh, it was good <laughs> that we – yeah, that's a good one. Um, Russians came in, and they had beat some of our teams, and, and the whole NHL was rooting for the Flyers, although they really didn't before yeah, that. Yeah, 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 Clarence yeah. Campbell wanted the Flyers to win, <laughs> and that yeah. guy, when he handed us the Stanley Cup, was like – He's like he was like, – like, oh, It was just terrible. <laughs> It's like he farted and it came yeah. up to his <laughs> And, uh, you know, so uh, uh, here we were. I took the day off uh, during their skate. Uh, and I wanted to be around to see what it was all about. 
And Joe Kellogg had told me, he said, we're going to take the rushes downtown to shop, so you should be along. I said, okay. So I'm there, and I'm standing in the hallway, and uh, Boris Mikhailov, who's their captain, I didn't know who he was at the time, but he came out, and he looked at me and walked out of the locker room in his hockey underwear and stuff and gave me a pin. Uh, Thank you. And he, like, stood there as if I get one in return, right? (laughs) Well, I I didn't have anything to give him, so I I showed him. I didn't have anything in my pocket. I pulled out my change, and in my change was a Kennedy half dollar. And uh, he said, oh, so he took that. Five minutes later, there's 10 guys sticking their heads out of the room, giving me pins because they all want a half dollar. Well, I don't have any more half dollars. How many of them do you carry at one time? It's like a mistake if you have one. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, I'll be back. I went to the bank and uh, got a couple rolls of half dollars. And I came back and traded pins for half dollars. And I have unbelievable amount of Russian pins. And um, when they went on the ice for practice, uh, the quote-unquote doctors, who really were KGB men with them, uh, I guess due to the fact that there was, a, you know, the Cold War, mm-hmm. Kennedy, Khrushchev, and all these kinds of things, went through their belongings and took all the half dollars and confiscated them from the players. Oh, wow. I don't have any more. You know, guys asked me, the interpreters, do you have any more of them? And I Gave them all out. But um, uh, I always thought that that was bad. Of course, then you move to the next day, which is the game. Right. And we're defending the honor of the NHL. And uh, things are going along. And, again, you know, it was back in the work with that glass era. So it was right up and close on all this. And, uh, you know, Van Imp has his elbow run into by Valerie Karmeloff, who's one of their better players. Try to hurt his elbow. Yeah. His elbow. Yeah, what a, yeah, what a dirty you know, play to run into take, his elbow. Yeah, yeah, why would he do that? He wanted to hurt Ed. He wanted to hurt Ed. Well, he went down, and he stayed down, and there was no penalty, so now they're pissed. They're really pissed. And they, they're all around their bench. Coach calls him over, and so the referee comes over, and he's talking to a fellow that's sitting with me with the name of Aggie Kuklowitz. Now, there's a name. That's a Imagine name. that on an old autograph. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the right. Old page. In the old days, not these days. It'd be yeah, like today. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so he says, what do we do, Aggie? He says, I guess I should go talk to them. Uh, and and Lloyd Gilmore is a ref there, single ref those days. And he says, yeah, give him a penalty for delay of the game. So I said, oh. There we go. So, <laughs> I, I, yeah. so they get a penalty instead of us getting a penalty. Oh, yeah. Now they're really upset. Oh, yeah. And they leave. And they're looking at one another, and our guy's over there. And um, Aggie says, I better go talk to somebody. And the ref says, that's a good idea. So we go over. I went over with him just to get a feel on what was going to happen. I mean, they may not come back, you know. Right. I got to cancel a game. Wouldn't be a good idea. Uh, And the fans were nuts. You know, they were nuts. They hated them. (laughs) And uh, so uh, down the hall, as we're coming up the ramp, comes Ed Snyder. And he's pumping along. Oh, you know what he's going to say. I was going to say, veins are popping out of his neck, and he's just crimson. And he goes by everybody and bangs it right through their thing into their room. He says, holy jeez. So Aggie goes in, and they're talking back and forth. After maybe five minutes, Ed comes out, and he says, they'll be back. They'll be back in five minutes. Go tell the people. So 
I go over across the ice and I said, we'll resume the game, you know, in 10 minutes or whatever. Um, the Soviet team is coming back and they're sharpening their skates. Or I don't know yeah. what I told them they're doing. <laughs> and, um, sure enough, here they come. Now, they put those guys out again. The next thing you know, we have a couple of goals. Right. And including one by Joe Watson. Joe Watson, Joe yeah. Watson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who, uh, who Freddie said set their program back, you know, a decade. <laughs> And uh, in any event, uh, you know, we went on to win. Uh, they were they got their money, which was what Ed threatened them with. Right. No money, because Alan Eagleson, who ran the Players Association, agreed to have them paid after our game. So we had a, something on them. Yeah. And I guess it was substantial. It's a good I mean, idea. About yeah, super eight, smart. Six, eight games, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like it's that. a lot of games, a lot yeah. of money. And I guess they realized they were going to have to uh, use the Soviet economy, which was a mess. And live for another decade with the smelly pads and little pads. Oh, it was terrible. You know stinky, that. Stinky, stinky room. Yeah. Just terrible. Yeah. And they, they would get a guy in the penalty box, you know. Whoa. Ooh, that's terrible. Bad, eh? And uh, so they agreed, and, and they left uh, with their tails between their legs. And it was a great event for us and just one of the best days ever. Yeah. You know, it's I would say uh, one of the best days ever. To be an announcer and to be as close to all that. Is that yeah, right? you know? yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Exactly. It's funny. Um, <clears throat> I have a Russian story about them playing the Maine Mariners. My dad was in Maine uh, as the you know trainer, and I, I think I was about five or six. And long story short, Jim Turk Evers, who's equipment <laughs> manager, he was there working with my dad. Now he's a teenager, and I'm like five, maybe four, five, six. And uh, we're right before the game, like, you know, they hadn't gone out to warm up shed. And Turk says to me, hey, Derek, you see those, what they were, where they were spotlights. But I, I don't know what they are. He goes, those are machine guns. And I'm like, Jeez. what? Why? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm five, right? Yeah. So he goes, well, Russia, the Russian guys are crazy. Like, if, if their goalie loses, they'll shoot them. They're going to shoot them right on the ice. And I'm like, What? You know, I'm like a little kid, and I go run in the locker room. I'm like, that, that, you know, I'm like getting upset. I'm like, you're going to shoot the goalies? And, and my dad's like, they're not you, Turk. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you, man? He's telling me these lights are machine guns. They're going to fire the I can see, I can hear Sudsy right now. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, just well, looking at him. That's not quite uh, as good as, as your day uh, with, with the I'm game. I'm reminded but. of a story the first year of the Flyers, and uh, it involves a sports writer. And uh, I was on the charter to Montreal, and we are ahead in the game, four to two at the Forum. First time we're there, and we're an expansion team. Rochefort has a hat trick, and he played with the Canadians. Remember, they drafted him from Montreal. So uh, maybe you weren't even a five-year-old then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I'm sitting in the press box next to a guy named John Brogan, who wrote for the Bulletin, a defunct paper now, and uh, he said, uh, "Listen." maybe five minutes left in the game, he says, go down there and get some quotes from Keith, you know, for me, will you? I said, sure. I don't know anything. I don't know if shit from Shinola about <laughs> I run down as fast as I can, and in Montreal, you could actually walk right out of a tunnel and walk right up to the bench. And I, uh, so I walked out of the tunnel, walked right up to the bench, with about two minutes left, and they're changing lines and guys are jumping on and jumping off. And I said, Keith, John Brogan sent me down to get a couple of quotes from you about what, how this game's going. He says, what? Uh. <laughs> he, said, so he, said, he said, Lou, 
He said, tell him that I'm pleased if it works this way. And so he said a few things. Yeah. And he says, now get the hell out of here. <laughs> now, up in the press box, they're watching the game. And the goalie's pulled from Montreal, and we're jumping guys over. And they, all of a sudden, John says, and then I see you come out and walk right up to Keith Allen with like two minutes left in the game. I said, oh, well, you know, yeah. tell me, be, be more succinct with what you want me to do. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah right. But afterwards, Keith said, if we'd have lost that game, oh, man. you'd have you walked imagine? home from Montreal. <laughs> I don't know. You're having a tough start, yeah. yeah. you didn't know. Oh, man, just that's do what you're told. That's right. And, yeah. uh, I, that's just like the machine guns. That, that made me think of it. Machine yeah. guns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. On the goalies. Exactly. That's hilarious. You just believe stuff, you know, yeah, right. yeah. do what you think you should do. Yeah. Uh, talk about your relationship with the Spectrum. Obviously, you're there with roughly 25 years, and then eventually they make the decision to, well, probably longer than that. You I mean, the, the center was already in existence by the time they, they took it down. But talk about your, your, your feelings towards uh, when all that took place. Well, the building was great building to watch hockey. Yeah. It was easy to get around from yeah. the press box right down to players. You know, now now it's more difficult, obviously. But I always tell people that the spectrum could fit inside the Wells Fargo Center width-wise, yeah. you know, the width. And great building. Just a wonderful, wonderful hockey building. A lot of good concerts, you know. Yeah. I mean, I did a couple of basketball games there for the Sixers when guys oh, were sick. Oh, that's cool. You know, I mean, I, I did a lot of stuff there. Um, in fact, I did the first lacrosse game there. Fitz Dixon, who was one of the owners, asked me to do his game. When they came in, they flew a bunch of Canadian guys into play. And it was a, a it happened to be after the Stanley Cup win. So, I mean, oh, I was wow. like three sheets to the wind when it did yeah. the game, but, but it worked out. For sure. And uh, when it came time to uh, move the new building, big difference. But when it came time to say goodbye to that building, I remember Ed Snyder having the absolute last party in there, and he had it draped it like you were coming into a uh, to a Hollywood premiere. Right. You know, <laughs> somebody took your car and you walk down, and uh, you come in the back and you go out, and um, you know, shrimp were the size of bananas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. Right. Yeah. And when they when the guys found out that I wanted to have Crown Royal, they didn't have any. They went over and got it. Oh wow! At the other building and brought yeah, it back brought it over. for me. But that kind of stuff. I mean, it was you know Ed Ed was something else. And um, then when it came time to say goodbye, uh, I remember they asked me to to uh, be the head man on the uh, up on the a dais with a bunch of people, including Dr. J and. Bernie and Clarkie and members of the alumni and different people that had been dealing with the building through all those years. And they, there was a big crane there. They were going to punch a hole in the building or knock the building down when we finished. You know, it was like the last thing we were going to do. So guys spoke and Ed was there. And when Ed was finished, you know, I said, now you'll hear from our chairman, Ed Snyder. Da, da, da. He says a few things about how much he loved the building. He gives me the mic back, and he says, thanks, Lou. I said, thank you, Ed. He he gets in. The guy pulls up with his truck, his car, SUV. Phew, gone. D 
didn't want to be around to see, to see what wow. happened. Right. Yeah. Now, after it all got done, we all turned around and we're looking at the building. They fire up this huge crane with a big, uh, like a ball that they use yeah. for wrecking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they take it and they, they're, they're getting the momentum out. They're moving it back farther. When they finally bring it in, it it hits the building, bounces off the building. <laughs> I mean, that building was... <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right. So after like three or four of them, they finally punched a hole in the building. And uh, Lou Scheinfeld, who was there, said, let's cut it. We can't do any more of this. So it was a goodbye thing. Good night, goodbye. Right. And the people that were there left. They turned the crane off. But taking it down was really tough. Yeah. Taking it down was really tough. And I remember... One of the last days that I saw it, um, it was like the bones, all the bones, and most of the um, uh, the skin was off. Yeah. And I went down, and I drove, I looked at it, and I drove around the block and looked at it, and, you know, that was it. After yeah. that, say goodbye. But yeah. what a building. Was yeah. What a great hockey God. building. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it too, man. It was the transition to the center. It was yeah. it was almost tough for me playing, you know, with the Phantoms at the Spectrum. Oh, sure. It was just like there's something so, I don't know, just like just so ground level and just oh, yeah. intimate about it. And it was energy. hockey. Yeah, it, it was, was hockey. hockey. It was yeah, a hockey it was, building. Right. It was. You know, it really yeah. was. Uh, what weren't the greatest, at the best amenities, I guess, but we didn't know any different. That's it, right? Well, yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was easy to do things there and good ice and, um, you know. Uh, Certainly one of the great buildings. I mean, I was there when the roof blew off. Yeah, right. And I made those trips uh, uh, to New York and uh, some games up in, uh, I guess it would be Quebec. We played some games there. uh, And um, it was a terrible time. But it finally got together. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, Which was good. Lou, there's something else uh, that we have in common besides working for the uh, Flyers. And, And we're both Olympians. Oh, yeah. And some sort. Some sort yeah. of way. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, 2002, I think, uh, Salt Lake, yep. Yep. you were uh, asked to, to be the main man, which you are. Uh, tell us about that. Well, uh, you know, I was working at home, and the phone rang and uh, picked it up, and was uh, this is the Salt Lake organizing committee. Uh, so I said, okay. I said, we want to find, ask if you would, do the the Olympic hockey broadcast. I said, who is this? (laughs) (laughs) Who is this? Who's got me? Somebody's getting me. When they finally convinced me, I said, well, yeah, I'd be honored. Uh, You know, what are the details? And I mean, you know, it's not something you can go and and spend a weekend. You you know, it's It's, a commitment. Yes. So I made that commitment. And um, it was during the, uh, uh, right after 9-11. So it was tight as could be. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And um, I remember flying out starting out flying out on the uh, on the airplane and it's full of a lot of people that are going there I'm sitting next to a, a woman and the the flight attendant hands her a, a piece of paper with a bunch of seat locations on it and I said oh what's that she says oh well that's um, just the seat locations of other folks that are on here carrying w- weapons well, weapons. Yeah. Said, you want to speak yeah, in my good ear? What would you just right. say? I said, weapons. She says, yes, I'm a federal agent. Oh. And uh, there are a lot of us on this airplane. We're going out to to see what it's like. It was just uh, the first time we're out there, then he sent us back. So um, did that, and uh, that was, I remember, I'll never forget that one. And, um, you know, 
going back out and doing the games and uh, uh, sitting, eating food with uh, soldiers, with, uh, you know, carrying M16s. Yeah. You know? Wow. And uh, it was a scary time. But it worked out okay. A lot of uh, mag and bag, like the airport, going through, going and getting in and knowing what we could wear and, and, and shoes and not having a lot of metal things on us. And, uh, you know, it was, it was quite a, quite a time. I remember doing a game. Oh, and, and, and it was the first game we did. Uh, I was men's, uh, English. And we had a French guy there because English and French. Okay. Then we had a women's guy. And, uh, the guy said, listen, our first game is a women's game, but we want you to do it because you're a senior guy. Okay. It's, uh, uh, China and Bulgaria or something. So, oh. so I'm doing it. I'm doing it, reading the Chinese names. And um, the French guy, he's on the headset and he's, he's funny as hell. And I'm doing the names and he says, hey, Louis, they're all looking at you. That's a bad thing when they look at you. Yeah, right. One by one, you do. I'm, I'm saying the names and they're going, <laughs> Kaylee? Kaylee? Yeah, yeah. Kaylee? Yeah. They're all backwards. Because the Chinese names, they gave me I, I, no, no paper. It was all oh, computer. No way. They're, back, they're backwards. It's like, uh, you know, the name in China is, you know, it would be like Cote, Riley. Right. So I'd call oh. you Cote Riley. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know any better. But they fixed that all up. So that was one of the things. <laughs> Second one was, uh, I recall, was uh, Lindros picking up a penalty and uh, getting in the box. And it just shows you about concentration. You know, it was not in the first period. I had done some announcements. And he gets in the box, and, you know, he's there. and puts a stick down and turns around and says, Louie, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> what am I doing here? I mean, no, I'm working. You know, what are you doing here? He says, I'm working. So it was, uh, it was, it was a neat thing. Uh, I always got along well with him. Uh, and, uh, you know, on the, the 50th thing that they just did, he presented my wife with a great bottle of wine. So uh, he was part of that uh, ceremony, which yeah. uh, was great. That it was, was a amazing. great thing to happen. It was amazing you know? yeah, to see cool. that. But, uh, yeah, the Olympics was a lot of fun. Oh, All yeah. commitment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But uh, worth it. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. It's a, it's Just speak- for the swag. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it speaks a lot about you, though, that, that you're the guy they called. So I definitely wanted to bring that up. And, oh, and uh, Nice of you. Ta- talking about uh, your, your, your special night uh, a few weeks ago, um, it was a real special moment, I thought, after the game with a former flyer, Anthony Stolarz, uh, coming over, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, I uh, I got to know Stoli when he was here, and he had a cup of coffee here, but uh, he would always, he, he was a great guy. He always participated in things that help people. And, uh, you know, uh, they would say to the players, we're going to be with some crippled kids that play hockey or something like this, or, you know, and... Um, who can go there? And I would go, uh, and uh, I would announce a game. And, uh, you know, a couple of players would go. It was always Stoli was always in those players. Yeah. So I got to know him that way, and I always liked him. And uh, sure enough, end of the game, you know, I'm still doing, uh, on that special night, I'm working downstairs and uh, hadn't all year. And uh, so I'm announcing, you know, next game is so-and-so, and, you know, here we are, we, we lost again. Next game is so and so, and I look up and I see, see Stoli coming over, and um, 
he came all the way over to me to congratulate me and say hello. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just such a classy thing yeah. from a terrific guy. Yes. You know, they don't come any better. And uh, I said, boy, this guy's got, got it, you know. Yeah. I don't know how long he'll be in hockey, but whatever he decides he'll do, he's going to be successful at it yeah. just yeah. because he's a good man. Yeah, we were – we were there and uh, with some of the Warrior guys, Philadelphia Warriors. Oh, and yeah. We, we were standing there talking, and I saw him skate over, and I'm like, that's still Yeah, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I thought that was really, really cool. That and, Warriors uh, Warriors thing is so terrific. I did some of the games, yeah. and um, they actually had – they now have three teams, as you yes. well know. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'm former Marine, so I connected with a few of those guys there. And um, we uh, – uh, one of the games, like the, the the primary A team or whatever, was playing against Colorado, I think, over at the skate zone. Oh yeah, we oh, were yeah, there. Yeah. We were yeah. there. And we were uh, and, that, yep. and there there was nobody to open the door. And you know, so I'm announcing, and somebody's run the clock. I'm doing the penalties. <laughs> so they they didn't go in right away. There was like a dust up, nasty game. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah we were there. It was awesome. Brad, Brad, Brad lost Brad his didn't shit. like it, but we everyone else did. I'm saying <laughs> to the to the to the guy from Colorado. I says, you know, you're in. You know, he called you, and you know, I says, you know, gives me a fuck you, you know. He gives me shit, and they went after him. Our guys. Our guy. Oh, good. because yeah, they, yeah. they could connect with me. They, right. they like, attacked the guy. I said, oh, jeez. You know? <laughs> You're always starting shit, Lou, in the box. Know, it just happens. It just happens. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a great program. and uh, It really is, yeah. You know, uh, it uh, is. Marshy and, uh, you know, um, has done a great job leading that. You know, and those guys uh, just—I can't—I can't say enough. Yeah, they're wonderful. They gave me a jersey. Oh, oh awesome! That's awesome. With fifty on it in my name. Yep, that's awesome. That day, they came down into the first period and presented me with that. Uh, so uh, great you group know. of guys. We're really tight with those guys. Yeah, Rob Bear. Yeah, yeah, Rob. Yeah, Rob's terrific. Done a hell of a and, job. Uh, yeah, it's, it's terrific. You know. Yeah. Well, before you, uh, before we let you go, you've made thousands of calls in fifty years. Your signature call, Pico Power Play. How does this, how does this evolve to, to what it is today? Well, uh, several years ago, I don't know how many, uh, I was told that uh, the, the Power Play is going to be sponsored. So you'll have to say so-and-so Power Play. Okay. I know we were the first to do it. And uh, so we get, it, we get it, a Power Play, and I say, the Flyers are going on the Pico Power Play. So... My producer says, no, 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 no. He says, more, you got to give it more. <laughs> so two or three times, and then finally it gets to where, I'm, like it is now, and it's its own life. It's it just is. amazing. Uh, and um, I don't know how long Pico will, will have it, but uh, they have it now. And uh, I don't know who would take it after, but probably somebody from Comcast or something like that, if and when they don't do it. Right. But, uh, you know, it's it's amazing. And it's like, you know, it's it's gone, and what it is, is and the flyers are going on the pico power play beautiful that's it, that's it. baller give me shivers man give me shivers <laughs> I yeah. know, man you talk about getting chills that's awesome man and it's amazing how i think i heard you saying one time uh talking about like obviously season ticket holders but kids growing up maybe like you know you see them and you say hi and then the, and then parents are like this Pico power play, it's Mr. Lou. And they're like, oh, and, you know, they know, right? Yeah, what they don't know is who I am. But <laughs> they know the voice. But I see somebody, and I'm walking down, and, and uh, they'll say, hey, how you doing? I'm so-and-so. I've been here 
ticket holder for so long and all, and and they say, yeah, this is the announcer Lou Nolan, and they go, who, uh, <laughs> who? And then I say, Pico Powerplay guy, and they say, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. of course, so it's amazing. It's uh, just, yeah. it is what it is. They, you should be getting paid, Pico. You should be paying this man. Yeah, right. Because I mean, everybody knows Pico Powerplay. You know what I mean? Uh, it is amazing. Well, years ago they did a, uh, uh, you know, the thing at uh, Staples. You know, that was easy. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. And they did one just like that. It has a Flyers logo on it, and uh, I uh, I did a couple of things, and they it they did three thousand of them and gave them away one night at the Flyers game. Then we did uh, three hundred of them again for their people from Pico who wanted it. So uh, I get paid a little bit, you know. But yeah, I don't get paid every time. But that's a good idea. You know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. probably kept that, that sponsorship alive for all these yeah, years. No, I mean, no, get people that don't have any them. choice, you know. I mean, they're going to be Pico or <laughs> yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, right, that's awesome. Uh, well, we appreciate you, Lou. Yeah. You know, you got uh, a little bit of a trek home. and P- People don't know how long this actually took. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. And, uh, you know, on Nasty Knuckles. Uh, because uh, it, it just means a lot that guys that are your friends want you to be part of what is important to them. So I thank you, too. Oh, please. I appreciate that. We're yeah, honored to awesome. have you. Honored yeah, to have you, for sure. Absolute legend. Yeah, quite the we career. appreciate you. Yeah. 50 years is and, no And joke. my son, Elvis, is is your good buddy, and, and Lou always held a spot for me. He would always say, I got your spot, Elvis. So Elvis used to stand beside Mr. Lou and – Give the boys the knocks as they went out. So Super he was cool. always yeah, looking the for, best. He was always looking for Mr. Lou. <laughs> so anyway, you know it's funny too. Real quick, I know you got to go, but uh, a few weeks when we were at a game a few weeks ago. Well, your your game, the fiftieth uh, anniversary night. Um, you were back in your normal spot, and then the next game we went to. He's asking me where's Mr. Lou because I I was like we went down for warm ups or close because Provi said I'll throw you a puck tonight so we were down there and I'm looking for you right and I, and I can't see and I was like I, he should be in here because you were there that one game I thought you were back yeah. and he's losing it the whole game he's not in there and I'm like I think he's in there buddy but where we were sitting we couldn't see and then and then someone uh, one of the intern uh, girls came over Mary sweetheart she came over and she's like no no he's not in there he's up there I was like oh sorry <laughs> sorry but I'm telling him you were in there. Like, I no, may be there not. tomorrow night. Oh, really? Okay, for the yeah. last game of the season? Yeah, for the final. All right. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, we appreciate you so much, Lou. You are the man. Um, and let's just keep let's do another 50. Why not? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to see. I have to do it. The... Well, oh, but it, it's 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 good. Uh, it's Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, 10. Five. Yeah, let's do there it. There you like go. That. Whatever you want. When you're, you know, you do it as long as you want because you're the man. Thank so. you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.